And you are listening to 94.1 KPFA in Berkeley, 89.3 KPFB in Berkeley, 88.1 KFCF in Fresno, and online at kpfa.org. The time is 3 p.m. Up next, cover to cover, open book. Poet to Poet series. I'm your host, Dina Serrano. I have in the studio today Avacha, Avacha the poet, Avacha the musician, Avacha the activist. Welcome, Avacha. Honored to be here with you, old friend. Yes, we're often here together because we both produce programs on Tuesday night. But today is special because today it's not that we're going to be putting on display and sharing the music of others as you usually do. But today we're going to focus on you, Avacha the Poet. I wonder what poems you have brought to share with us. Well, I brought three of your favorites, and uh, so it's up to you to choose what you want. I brought the one about the street kids. I brought the one about uh, having living with MS, and I brought the one about tango. And some of these are in your new book. Can you first tell us how people could find your books? All three of them are in my new book. It's called With Every Step I Take on Tori and Horn Press. It's on Amazon and all the bookstores. And so hopefully you'll get a copy. With Every Step I Take by Avacha. And it's in English, Spanish, and Spanglish. So are these poems in English, Spanish, and Spanglish. So let's begin with the poem about MS, which I believe is your latest. Well, it's not my latest, but it's the one that you saw most recently. It's called This Is to Ain't Quitting or Life Dodging the Margin of Acceptable Risk. Been living my life on borrowed time, going to sleep exhausted, and I still wake up feeling tired. Beat up and almost knocked down from doing the MS shuffle, got tossed around, tricked, caught up, and sucked into what could be my own demise, disguised by an innocent-looking smile on the iron jaws of science. And any fool knows that science never lies, but one taste of truth forced me to look at their toxic delusions, and BAM! I opened my mouth and saw the fake beauty of all that mercury staring back at me sitting there. Just as cold and bold as it wanted to be, an enemy had moved in and made itself at home in my teeth. I was caught and trapped by a medical fantasy, a Venus flytrap, and now all their pretty mercuries really got a hold on me. Even after all my shucking and jiving and ducking and denying and trying to make every kind of outlandish bargain with God, there's still no place that I can hide because I'm still waking up tired and I still find myself riding in the margin of their acceptable risk. Acceptable by whose definition? Marginal? Compared to what? Me? Are they really talking about me? Not this sister. Uh-uh. Can't be. Not me. But who? Watch your back, because there's always some mad scientist cooking up some new strange brew in his cauldron of doom, and Dr. Strangelove wants to try it all out on you. Oh, no. Can't be. Not here in the land of the free. That kind of stuff just doesn't happen today. But dodging the margin is acceptable to who? When science is God, the margin gets hazy, it's a racket, a scam, it's a multi-million dollar game, the whole concept is inhumane, it's madness, completely insane, it's crazy. The margin of acceptable risk is anywhere the powers that be want it to be and they want it, anywhere there's a profit to be made and it's all about money, 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 all the way to the grave. Like the so-called benevolent syphilis experiment in Tuskegee. Only this time their experiment is me. It's as movable and obscene as a corporate baron 
turns morality and is clean as the untested miracle of the estrogen dreams, as unasked for and unnecessary as the cruel gift of Agent Orange and as evil as dumping on unsuspecting farm workers, sitting like ducks stuck getting sprayed picking crops. This time it's a nightmare in real time and unfortunately this time it's my time. The margin is a very profitable lie. It's a lie as sick as sick can go. Look at me. I'm living proof. All this drama ain't no joke. It's anything the scientific community claims it to be as whatever they claim it to be. And as long as it's done for their financial game in the name of their progress and the only real casualties are you. Our neighbors and friends and me seems to be the margin of acceptable risk is whatever they can get away with. And they get away with it all the time. So here I be. Still tired, almost whipped, cooled up, and all wrapped up, locked in a temple of some invisible madman's technology, just one more insignificant waste of their corporate space, another loudmouth expendable artist, a marginal target sitting in the center of their bullseye. But I refuse to go out living my life like some sacrificial lamb in the margin of their acceptable risk. Just another new age receptacle, a human receptacle, a toxic waste dump on legs hidden away in some unethical but scientifically acceptable deception. I don't know what they've been smoking, but my life ain't no joke. And as long as there's one of us strong enough to write this poem, I'm going to be a thorn in all their self-righteous myths. This sister wasn't born to quit. And even though I may still wake up tired and MS may still summon my fire, I plan to live my life right up to the day that I die. And I, I know MS may eventually get the best of me, but until the White Citizens Council unanimously elects a blue-black man, imperial grand dragon of the Ku Klux Klan, the margin of acceptable risk will continue to be completely unacceptable. You just heard Avacha reading her original poem. That's an extraordinary poem, Avacha, extraordinary how did you come to write it? I know that you have struggled with MS for many years, and I know that you've been writing for decades and decades. So how did you begin writing? I really don't know. I I really am amazed when I hear some of these lovely explanations some people give. I have no idea how I started. I just started. I was writing as a kid, playing music as a kid, and I never took it seriously because women are not supposed to, or girls at that point are not supposed to take it seriously. It was just a thing that I did. And it wasn't until I became adult and wound up uh, opening for the ingenious Rassan Roland Kirk and that he really slapped me in the face with myself and made me look at myself and forced me to start doing more of my poetry on stage because at that point I was just playing music as an opening act for him. And uh, it blew my mind, got this big standing ovation. I saw him standing back, you know, me smirking from ear to ear. And he won that little argument. Uh, and uh, so uh, then I finally accepted that I was a writer and I was a serious writer and a serious musician. So. And you've been that ever since. I Yeah, I guess I was always that. I just didn't know it. <laughs> yeah, it, ta- it takes acknowledging yourself to really be able to go forward with your writing. Maybe that's almost the hardest part. Well, I think that's a program, another program that I think that needs to be done because I think that that's a problem a lot of people never accept who they are. So once you knew who you were, you brought in everything from your life. You were born and raised in New York, a New Yorican, an Afro-New Yorican, and you had participated in the civil rights movement because I've read some of your earlier poetry. 
Yeah, just the same thing I have to say. I did. I just did what I did. I didn't know I was participating in anything. I was just doing what had to be done, you know. And uh, from what folks have let me know is that I was part of a whole big movement that I didn't know I was part of. I was just doing what I did. <laughs> and then when you came out here, did working with those jazz musicians impact your poetry? Music has always impacted my writing. My writing comes from the music, and I'm sure it must have. I wound up working in uh, down in L.A. with some amazing musicians, and um, and then when I came up here, the same thing. I've always been lucky to work with some really amazing musicians. I think that they have been probably a greater influence on me than I know and they know. I just don't know who to give the major credits to except for Rasan. I definitely have to give it to Rasan. I just surrounded by some really amazing artists all my life, you know. And um without knowing it, I guess I just was like a sponge and soaking it in and and they molded me into who I am. Well, the music is definitely in your poetry. It's almost hard to sit still when you're listening to your <laughs> to your work because it's it's always there. And when did you start bringing Spanglish and mixing the two languages? I was always doing it, but not as much as I am now. As I said, when the stuff comes to me, it'll either come to me in English or Spanish or Spanglish. And a lot of the stuff that would come like in Spanish first, I never could translate because I couldn't get decent translations. And I have to thank and blame the culprit, Jose Montoya, who showed me the correct way to translate. Because like a lot of people, you translate word for word. It doesn't work that way. You have to translate concepts, and it winds up being a different poem. And so he made me start thinking of the translation from Spanish to English the same way I thought about Spanglish. Just make it normal. What you, what is it you're trying to say? And um, I don't know. Uh, the Spanglish comes to me when it comes to me. I, I don't know when the poem comes to me. I don't dictate. I think the muse hits me, and that's the way it comes. And that's what winds up on the page. You've always been a teacher as well in your adult life. What led you into working with youth and children and inmates in the jails to write poetry? Was it motherhood? No. I um, I wound up falling into that by accident as well. <laughs> I wound up finding that I was good at things that I didn't know I was good at, like using creative writing and music and drama to teach literacy and so people that were basically functionally illiterate kids in particular were learning through that and and because other people picked up on it they hired me to teach that and so to teach using that those those things that that happened for me naturally I guess um, there's a dicho the papi used to say it says cuando te hablen los ancestros es necesario andar when ancestors speak you gotta move so when over that that muse or whatever you want to call that force starts talking that's when I start moving and doing what I do and obviously it's worked for me I you know I fell into it by accident and I was good at it by accident <laughs> and and I'm grateful for that because it fed me and uh, so it also fed a lot of other people I think you're probably responsible for hundreds if not thousands of people writing poetry and expressing themselves I'm really grateful for that. And, um, you know, I'm really grateful. And one of the things that I'm most grateful for, one of the greatest compliments I had ever in my life was uh, one of my students uh, uh, threw in my face that, you know, because I would always I say, if you don't write like you, you're not writing. 
don't be like me. And he threw it in my face that uh, it forced me, the, the, the forced him rather, to to go into himself and think of for himself rather than copying me. Because some of the people I, I hear, their students, they sound like carbon copies of them. And, and for me, uh, that's a good example of a bad teacher. A good teacher is a person that teaches somebody how to think and to go for whoever it is they are. And what instrument did you begin with? Because I know you made it to the Blues Hall of Fame. I'm real grateful for that one, too. I, When I was a kid, I was in love with Arsenio Rodriguez and Lead Belly, and I wanted to play the guitar, but my mother insisted because if you're supposed to be a musician, you're supposed to be a pianist, and I was forced to study with this creature. Uh, then we had to call her Aunt Lucy, who taught with a ruler. And so needless to say, I rebelled against the piano until I finally got my guitar. And so the guitar became my primary instrument for years. I wish that I had had a piano teacher that, that I could have learned with because now I'm studying piano because it's such a great instrument to write on. And then after the, the, the guitar, and I fell into the flute and clarinet and bass clarinet and the Afro-Latin percussion instruments, and they just sort of flowed. I like to make... Uh, music uh, or, uh, uh, what can I say, pretty noise on anything I can get my hands on. Well, this is really interesting. After hearing that MS poem and knowing that you come to KPFA and do your radio show, you go to KPU and do your radio show, you do countless music performances and poetry performances that you also take time to study piano. This is really astounding, Avacha. Well, it's it's necessary. <laughs> the piano is a very, it's an easy instrument to compose on. And so I decided I needed to get some keyboard harmony so I could compose and, and to transcribe my own stuff rather than bugging the people that work in my band who were a whole lot more educated musically than I was because uh, now my stuff is more complex than I can uh, transcribe myself, so... Tell us something about your band. Avacha Modupue, uh, we started quite a while ago, and we've been together a long time. Uh, amazing folks, and uh, and some who are different than the original ones, uh, but uh, some of the long time with John Jang on piano, Sandy Poindexter on violin. We also had for a while Koto Pinchero on piano, and at that time we had both him and John Jang. Uh, uh, John Colas Perea was our bass player. He's been replaced by Eugene Warren. Let's see, Francis Wong on reeds val Serrant on steel drum djembe and all kinds of other percussion stuff hector lugo on multi-percussion and vocals manny martinez on vocals and small multi-percussion and i'm probably forgetting somebody but i and then there's me so, then there's you yeah. and you often recite your poetry to this music it's part of it yeah it's, it's part of it the poetry is music just another part just another instrument in the band Let's take a listen to where the poetry and music are one, where your poetry and your music and your band all come together. As far back as I can remember, there was so much dirt and filth on our block. That sometimes you could hardly see the pavement. The gutter was crawling with half-eaten hot dogs, all worn-out tires, bottles, and beer cans. And so full of last month's garbage that even the rats didn't want it known they had ever walked our way. 
I mean, no matter how much Don Flavio or Mrs. Robinson would work out with their brooms, as soon as they sweep away one pile of junk, three others just seemed to start growing in its place, and I was born in that gutter. It wasn't like everybody was nasty. I mean, we were so clean, we probably squeaked when we walked. But no matter how hard Mama tried, the ghetto just seemed to attract the funk. We even played games with the stuff. It was summertime ecstasy and stickball heaven. We danced in New York's finest waterfalls brought to us courtesy of irresistible fire hydrants that were opened miraculously by invisible hands and rolled garbage cans like thoroughbred ponies and the only air conditioner we ever need were turned on by Mother Nature and rooftop picnics on August nights too hot to sleep. Sure, life was hard and times were tough, but as long as we were together, it was enough. And I proudly grew up in that gutter. Old, soiled newspapers flew through the air. Our playground was our pile of old sofas and thrown away chairs and saunas and hot tubs we never imagined. And hand-me-down clothes were always in fashion. The garbage and funk never seemed to stop coming, and neither did we. We kept playing and having fun, and I never knew a can about poverty because Poppy's words were always there to remind me. We may have been born in the gutter. We might have to grow up in the gutter, and even if we die in the gutter, I would always be his diamond, and the gutter would never, ever grow up in me. Well, I think we're ready for your next poem. Okay. This one, I really love this one, and I'm really glad that the kids love it. It's called Street Children of the Night Palo Chiquitito de la Noche en Cualquier Lugar. Black and brown children of the night que ya no saben nada de jugar mis niñitos de la calle. Queridos morenitos whose ideas of having fun got swallowed by the darkness. If I could, I would wrap you in sunshine. I would hold you close and fold you in these arms and caress whatever's left of the child in you with lullabies. I would like to cover every inch of you with home-cooked self-esteem and better deseo bacantes. I want to fill the hole that hurt Doug. Take my hand, and I'd swim defiantly through the fires of hell for you and with you to the mugre of disrespect. I'm a hard-headed kind of lady, and I just can't see myself giving up on you. Somos lo que somos you and I para nosotros Somos todo lo que hay We've infused together by history Por lo bonito los sueños robados Like spiritually in the maze of our destiny Oye Mis negritos, mis pequeños Callejeros los necesito The truth is I know I need you Y yo sin ti soy nada And if I had a chance I'd refuse to turn you loose Till you were so in love with yourself That self-destruction would disintegrate Under the pressure of your presence And you were so secure in my love for you And so sure the splendor you had become That even the sun would lay aside its arrogance Just to get a chance to reflect the brilliance of your essence And bask in the bold truth of your integrity And ti Viva la verdad real y yo sin ti No existe ni un sendero de esperanza Oh say can they see you My beautiful wild lotus flowers If I could I'd bathe you in a sea of rose water. I'd convert your waves of pain into an ocean of pride and faith is your tepido. Dame un chance. Please, please, please let me in. I promise to do the very best I can. Even if I have to wake the dead and conjure up our ancestors' breath, I'm not too proud to act a fool. Get down on my knees and holler and scream and beg all the spirits of goodness to intervene, to blow away the fog of dismay and distrust by santificar through lágrimas and dissipate the rage burning behind your eyes. So so together we could wash away the centuries of emasculating doubt and defeminizing lies and have a little fun and learn to play a brand new game called demolishing walls of self-hate. Children of the night, 
I want the stubbornness of my love to help you turn all the lights inside your soul. I will not allow the streets of any city to steal you. You, like a lotus blossoming in the night, mis queriditas alma de mi existencia, I will not let the cesspool of fulinga make a fast food happy meal of your dreams. Chiquito de la esquina, you are our only wealth. You are the most beautiful part of me and I'm not about to let you go. I will not permit the hungry stupidity of greed to feed you to the streets without putting up a fight. Amorcito pedido de la noche, if I could, I would wave your path with stardust and massage your mind with a steady diet of just how important you are. Make sure you know you're too damn important to let the world just throw you away. It's my job to remind you on a daily basis this crazy old lady is here to stay. I'm still here staying and praying and praying and staying and staying and praying and praying and praying and praying and praying. You let me in, mi cielito. Mi cielitos. Mi cielito negritito de la noche. I'm talking to you. Can you even hear me? It's our tomorrows that you're throwing away. I'm still waiting A stubborn old lady with a heart full of love Standing in the shadows and waiting on who you could be Waiting for you to finally see me Waiting to wrap you in a blanket of sunshine You just heard Avacha reading from her original work That poem too is in your new book Oh yeah and tell us again where people can find that book. It's listed on Amazon. It's called With Every Step I Take. And myself and Eliza Scheffler, who did some beautiful artwork in it, we both have MS, which is why it's called With Every Step I Take. Uh, and uh, it's in all the bookstores. Then it's all over the place. So do you use your full name or just Avacha? Just Avacha. I always just use Avacha. Spell that for us. A V. O-T-C-J-A, that's A, V like Victor, O-T like Thomas, C like Charles, J like John, A. And if you want my website, put a dot O-R-G on the end of it. And I wonder what other poem you have. It was interesting in that poem that you brought together the Spanglish, the Spanish, the English, and again, that musical feeling that's always in your work. And there's also a lot of African-American culture that comes out in these pieces well i live in the african-american culture what can i say <laughs> it's kind of hard not to uh um anybody that ignores it is really ignoring a major part of themselves that lives in this country well that's why your poetry is so rich you bring in so many traditions they all exist together in a, a beautiful stew kind of a slow cooking stew well um what can i say one of my uncles he says that i'm a walking kalalu and then the other one calls me Sancocho Prieto. <laughs> so what can I say? That's what I am a stew. And what other poems have you brought for well, us? Well, this one you like. Um, I'm working on a book called Diapora Negra, Black Diaspora, about the whole black presence and native presence in the Americas. And the further south you go in Latin America, the scarier it gets. But this is about tango, which is now after they murdered off most of the black folks who created it. Uh, it's now the national music and dance of Argentina. So it's about tango. And in the book, it's all in Spanish and all in English. But thanks to uh, several people, to give thanks to Sandra Garcia Rivera, one of her things, she suggested something. And so now I'm doing this. It's like mix-up of both of them together for short shortening it. So this one is like mixed in together, and, and hopefully folks will get the message about tango, this beautiful form, uh, musical form and dance form. Yeah, I always feel the tango when I feel it in me 
that rhythm when you're reading it? Well, when I first started working on this one, I mean, I saw this beautiful, beautiful black couple doing the nastiest version of tango that's imaginable. And of course, I put me in the picture. <laughs> and <laughs> this course. poem came out. So it's called Ombligao in Argentina. Ombligao means navel to navel. Recordando la majestad de tango, or remembering the majesty of tango. Yo recuerdo la danza mística y la música sensual, y el sabor a cuerpos sudorosos, el ambiente de nuestro orgullo arrogante, creatividad completa desfrenada, fuimos guapachosos bailadores negros celebrándonos en templos del solar yo. Recordando los días, días estáticos bailando contigo, libre y auténtica, una clave de nadie, tú y yo. Una pareja conectada eternamente bailando obligado. Un exorcismo a pesar de una sombra de la esclavitud colmada de una libertad inconquistada. Bailando adueñarse de fiebre apasionada, frenéticamente pero suave y sin vergüenza. Remembering those far away days. Remembering like a flood of memories and a waterfall of truth. Memories tearing up the silence of historical lies, unforgettable days that haunt me. Echoes of painful sadnesses. I remember those bloody days and our Africanizing nights in secret sanctuaries. Undercover happiness, forbidden joy. Dancing navel to navel, dancing in safe heavens covered with tears. I remember the dusty, muddy dirt of our dance floors and the price we paid for the right to dance. I remember the magic of those nights full of stars, nights completely drunk on dance, sacred memories of an unforgettable legacy. You and I, two rhythmic volcanoes, two dark rebels, two black spirits older than time, dancing navel to navel, a holy ritual against the divine law of the lawless, and I remember... I remember you and those days dancing like we were out of our minds in the alleys, proud disciples of the church of dancing navel to navel right in the face of the evil ghost of slavery, dancing with you and your bigger than life spirit, you and I. You and I, you and I, we were one, one body, one heart, one inseparable soul. You and I bathing in the moonlight, one unconquered couple together forever and ever dancing, dancing navel to navel in Argentina, una pareja inconquistada, tú y yo. Tú, tú, tú y yo purificándonos en la luna, juntos en espíritu para siempre, jamás bailando y bailando y bailando, ombligado en Argentina. You just heard Avacha reading from her original work. And you can see more of Avacha's work at avacha.org. That's A-V-O-T-C-J-A dot org. Avacha, the first poem that really stood out in my mind of yours was also about dance. I guess dance is just so much part of you. And it was Cuando Baila Ramon. I love that, you know, and I didn't pull it out. But that one, we did a book together, and uh, the third, no, it was Time to Grease. Time to Grease, and it's in that book. So, folks, look for that book. That's a book. I hope they reprinted it. It's a That's wonderful book. a rare book, yes. Time to Grease. Yes. It was published by 
Glide. Yeah, it's a wonderful book. And it'll be also that poem is going to come out again, and I've got that the Depot Negra, it'll be in there again. So I will never get tired of that poem. I love it. In fact, I really think one of the great, another great compliment had people come up to me and say they named their kid <laughs> Ramon after that poem. So that made me feel good. And that's uh, for Ramon Pinheiro, who's a wonderful poet in his own right, who was also part of Third World Communications with us. So. Well, I still remember him as this young, curly-haired guy, eager to get on the dance floor yes, with Navacha. That was my dance partner, and he lives in Florida now. Come back to California, Ramon. So tell us a little bit about this new book. The new one, uh, whenever it can come out, I have two books I've been working on. One is Pura Candela, and uh, that's basically like this book. The newest one is like my longer poems and short stories. Pura Candela is a lot of my shorter poems and uh, artwork. And then uh, Diapora Negra is about the black and native presence in the Americas. And so I've been working on them for a long time. In fact, they're finished except for uh, I've always put a glossary, a Spanglish glossary in the back. So I'm working on that now. As soon as the glossary is finished, I'm ready to get them out there. That's wonderful. Well, Avacha, poet, musician, activist, educator, and a marvelous sister that I'm proud to call sister and sister programmer here at KPFA. Gracias. De nada. Un placer. This has been Nina Zerno with Jill Montgomery for the Poet to Poet series. Please check out my website, ninaserrano.com, to hear other programs, poems, and a listing of my upcoming events. Thanks for listening. KPFA Pacifica Radio proudly present 12 hours of special programming in celebration of International Women's Day, Saturday, March 8th, beginning at 8 a.m. We will honor the experiences, struggles, triumphs, and tribulations of women all over the world through music, extraordinary storytelling, insightful and thought-provoking interviews, commentaries, and much more. That's Saturday, March 8th from 8 a.m. to 8 p.m. on KPFA 94.1 FM and online at K.